he charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Good morning, fellow patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. I'm Cash. And I'm Lauren. It's been a minute. And I know we say that every single time. I know. I know. People are like, no, bitch, it's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I can't remember the last time we recorded though for the main. Oh, we did the debriefing. Yeah, we yeah. did a debrief. It's been, been two weeks. We've been pumping out a lot on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys have to go over to Patreon. Join our Patreon. If you're a patron for five dollars or more a month, you get bonus episodes. Cash did her own because I was unavailable this week to do one, and when I tell you, I was rolling laughing like. You're so funny. I don't even know why I show up. It was so hard. I and I have like a blooper reel of like the first I my first three intros that I recorded. Yeah. And I had to stop. Well, because Grizz was barking in the background of most of them, but yeah. It's so hard talking to yourself. It's so weird too, like to because at least when we're doing it together, like I can see you. We're on Zoom. So it's like less weird to like have a yeah. microphone in front of you. But when it's you by yourself, just looking at your computer, like talking to yourself, it feels like a little psychotic. And I was home alone. Oh, (laughs) God. Yeah. Your dog was probably like, "Uh, can someone come get this lady? She needs to be like held down. Well, and where I record in my office, my the window is looking out onto the sidewalk into our condo complex. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how many times people have walked by, looked in the window and thought to themselves, what is this woman doing? I always think that too, like with our neighbors, you can see into my office and see like all my posters hanging up, like with all my rules written down and everything. Like, I feel like they must think like something weird happens in that house. Yeah. And the answer is, yeah, a lot of weird things happen in these houses. And we're proud of it, you know? Yeah. We're not your, we've said this a million times before. We're not your conventional, Mm-mm. you know, attorneys that are out here yeah. giving you the breakdowns. We're trying to be, we're a little kooky. We're a little kooky. We're a little fun. So fucking buckle up. And if you want to be bored, go listen to NPR. You guys, and speaking of kooky and fun. So on the Patreon, if you listen to that episode, we talked about a story about Miss Jennifer Shaw. Mm. And I felt the need that I could not tell it without the presence of Lauren. I still like, I had to stop myself from doing something about it last night. Yeah. So you guys, just for a little bit of background, we did a merch drop last week with hats with Jen Shaw legal team, Erica Jane legal team, um, allegedly, allegedly Bravo's my lawyer, like super cute. So cute. I'm obsessed. They're so, so, so cute. And so we posted them onto our stories. We posted them onto our Instagram page and we would tag, I think we tagged Jen Shaw, Lisa Barlow. Yeah. Whoever was in yeah. our hat, because it's like, we're using your words. Like we're going to credit. Yeah. You. And so do you want to tell the listeners what happened? Okay. So here we are like posting our hats and like cash and I are like, okay, yeah. Like good, good drop. Like we'll move on to the next one X, Y, Z. And all of a sudden we get a message and it's from Jennifer Shaw. What? And it's the middle of the day, like on a Tuesday. It's the middle of the day. And Cash and I are just like chit-chatting about like the hats, you know, like, (laughs) and all of a sudden we get a DM from Jennifer fucking Shaw and we got got. 
we got got. We, we got, got Jen shod. We got scammed. We got scammy, scam, scam. We got scammed. Scam, scam. And it's like, I have been sitting here thinking to myself, like, I really hope Jen has a smoking gun. I really hope Jen has a smoking gun that just makes it so that she's absolutely not guilty of all these crimes that are alleged against her. But I will tell you, in my opinion, the government's got a good case. And we're going to tell you why. Read it, bitch. Okay, so you guys, we get a message from her, and uh, Lauren had actually sent the message to her with like oh, the, yeah. the post and said, hey, Jen, we would love to send you a hat if you would like one. She liked that message. Mm-hmm. She then responds and says, that's nice of you. Thank you. I'm actually ordering these for my team, LOL, with an okay, like, hand gesture. Emoji, yeah. Emoji. We said, oh, my gosh. That's so cool of you. We are rooting for you. Let us know if you need anything. We need a pick in that hat. She's like, I'll send you a pick. I'm ordering eight of them. Do you think I can get them next week by Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And we said it should be there in six days. And we can always try to expedite if we can. Yeah. And that message was seen. 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 Which is wanna... the most hurtful, I think. <laughs> Do you want to? Did the order ever come through? The order never came through. And so here I will say. I've been scammed by Jen Shaw. Allegedly, Bravo has been scammed by Jen Shaw. I've been scammed. Cash has been scammed. The collective we have been scammed by Jen Shaw. We the people. We the people. And now it's like, you know what? The full circleness of this whole entire thing. Like, the reason we started this podcast was because Jen Shaw was being a scam artist. And here we are a year I'm later getting getting scammy scam scammed by the scam artist herself and you know that we are just so gullible oh because oh you, you know believe- i called everyone <laughs> i called everyone <laughs> you best believe i was on the phone with my fiance telling him jen shaw just ordered eight hats and that was presumptive you know of us i called to do that. my grandmother <laughs> at her old folks home we had people Googling who is Jen Shaw to like, show them how important this was for this, us. My dad and my mom were both like, wow, actually so proud of us. Like they were like, forget law school. Like so yeah. happy for you. So happy for you know that I am. And mm. it didn't happen, you know, but I think the light at the end of the tunnel is that we had a fun story to tell and and you know what hurt though actually the most is that I we've talked about this a lot I talked about this a lot on the Patreon is I you guys know was so so hard on Jen Shaw when the mm-hmm. allegations first dropped but then this season she's really warmed up to me and I really I like know. her I like Jen Shaw too but not anymore I've changed <laughs> I, my mind I really like her there's something likable about her she's funny she throws shade she's personable like and then, and so there was just this. Never meet your heroes is really yeah. the moral of the story. Never meet them. Not that yeah, she but- was our hero, but she was going to buy eight hats. And for <laughs> a small female run business, that's amazing. That's incredible. That would have generated a lot of revenue for allegedly Bravo. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Stupid. it was, it hurt, it hurt. But anyways, mm-hmm. we got a good story out of it. And you know what? Maybe the government will call us as witnesses for the trial. <laughs> yeah, because they'll be like, have you ever been scammed by Jen Shaw? And I'm going to say, fuck yeah, I have. 
Not just me, not just me, but me, my best friend and (laughs) hundreds of listeners. There are dozens of us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you guys recently, we did find out that we are the number 55 true crime podcast in Poland. Oh my God. Shout out to Poland, by the way, majorly, majorly yeah. praying and just thinking of everybody on that side of the world. Like, holy shit, the stuff that's going on in Ukraine yeah. is obviously terrifying. Yeah. And we just want to send anybody out that's, li- you know, send prayers and thoughts to our Eastern European patriots that are listening. We stand with you. We are here for you. If there's anything we can do, let us know. Yeah. Message us. And I know that anybody else that's listening, I think it's a bipartisan issue that we can all get around. Yeah. This is no longer political. This is humanitarian. We, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Lauren and I are going to definitely have to rethink Mm -hmm. our Poland um, international tour that we were going to go on. I mean, I'm so excited. I was ready to That's eat very, blood sausage. And- it was very Joy Behar of me. Yeah. Did you see that? No. What'd you do? Oh my God. No. Did you see the clip where Whoopi Goldberg on The View was talking about the crisis that is going on in Ukraine and Joy Bayer makes a comment about how frustrating it is because, you know, she has this Italian vacation planned and no. because of COVID, it's been postponed and now she might not be able to go. You guys, I I'm invite, in shock. That no, is I invite you to go. Calling. I invite you to go look at the, watch the clip. It is so insufferable. It's almost as bad as the clip no. that you sent me of that. The Annalyn McCord doing the prayer or whatever you, the poem. If you I t- was your mother, Vladimir Putin. You guys, there was this actress that went on Twitter and mm-hmm. gave this very dramatic reading dramatic reading monologue of if she were the mother of vladimir putin none of this would have happened yeah it's like why are we all making this like why are celebrities making this about themselves like joy no one cares that you can't go on your italian no it's like and of all the people who don't care i guarantee you it's those of us watching your show yeah like none of us have been on a vacation in two and a half years yeah that like aren't going to fucking italy anyways okay Segway, uh, do you want to introduce the topic uh, we are discussing today? Yes. Myself and every patron that we have on Patreon have voted. And we've decided that this week we are taking Kim Richards and we're cracking her open and we're just going to get a good look inside. Like what is fucking happening over there? And we're not just talking about drunk at the hotel Kim Richards. No. We're getting into the the fat burger. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. We're getting to the meat. We're going to talk about the husband. There. You mean, yeah, yeah. You mean her daughter's husband. But I'm also going to talk about every other husband that, that our friend Kim has had. So I love Kim. Like I'm a Kim stan. Here's the deal. My brother and I have always said like, I'm the Kyle. He's the Kim. Like I'm the one who's always freaking out about his bad decisions. Very accurate. Always making bad decisions. Like that's just how the cookie crumbles. Um, so I, I have a kindred heart to the Richards family. So 
Kim and Kyle were both born to Kathy Dugan and Kenneth Edwin Richards. And I don't like the name Edwin. And I'm so sorry for anyone who's named Edwin that's listening, but I just don't like it. I think Teddy's husband ruined it for me. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know if you realized you connected the two. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's like weird. Um, okay. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. I know. Hey, listen, I'm, it's my first weekend off. Yeah. Really? in so long. So I'm having a full glass of Aperol spritz and I, I don't take any responsibility for anything said on this podcast this week. Yeah. And I'm drinking an iced coffee. So I'll just try to make sure I rein you in. Yeah. You be the rainer in her. I'm going to be whatever I want today. Okay. <laughs> okay. You live your truth. I'm going to live my truth. So last night when I was up till 4am because the world is ending, I started reading a new book called the house of Hilton. And it was so I'm, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Oh, it was dear. really eye-opening. We're, we're 15 minutes in and and the sauce is flowing. The but sauce is flowing. The House of Hilton was honestly like I'm only probably 25% of the way done, but I learned who wrote the book. Um somebody named last name Oppenheimer. Okay, so it's not it's not it hasn't been green lighted by the Hilton fam. I don't know because whenever I downloaded it, it did have the names of other Hiltons like, but Jerry Oppenheimer, his name was on the front cover. So I don't know if it was like a story about name, 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 name. I don't know. I, I didn't download this in a way that was like legal (laughs) appropriate. (laughs) Okay. So I have this book now. And I was reading all about how um, Kathy, it was really mainly about Kathy because it goes into the Hilton stuff, but Kathy and Kim and Kyle obviously share a mom named Big Kathy. And oh my God, Big Kathy seemed to have been a complete, I don't even know what the word is, like madam. Oh. Is that the word? Like when you are- A lady of the night. A lady of the night, but like the mother of the night, like- allegedly allegedly because I've never met this woman word on the street is that Kathy was like you will marry rich and you will have babies with rich men and that was her rules for her kids like big Kathy taught Kathy Kim and Kyle like how to give proper blowjobs oh so she was kind of yeah like the pimp Uh uh-huh and apparently I'm sorry I thought you were insinuating that Kathy was out on the town being somewhat of a. She was. Yeah. She was definitely oh, being was. A, okay. a, late, a freak on the streets, which like okay. we love, but yeah. she was also being like this uh, matchmaker of like Hollywood elite. So there was matchmaker, like matchmaker, make me, make a, me match. a match. It's like, she was, it's uh, what's that lady for millionaire matchmaker. Millionaire matchmaker who it was big Kathy in the day she set up everybody with everyone and everyone thought like oh Kathy for sure is a madam like she is Mm -hmm. running a brothel okay I mean she did well she did do well but I guess like so Kathy Hilton and was the result of a one-night stand in the back of a car did you know that no 
I didn't either. And when Kathy was born to the mom, big Kathy, big Kathy took little Kathy and was like, deuces back of the van and was like, we're going to be rich. And then ended up doing whatever ended up with Kenneth Edwin Richards and having Kyle and Kim. So during, I didn't know that Kathy, I didn't know that Kathy had a different dad. Yes. She has a different dad that I think they met in high school. I want to say big Kathy and Kathy's father, but Kathy's bio dad, I, they've never had a relationship. Hmm. Like once that was over, that was just over. So mm-hmm. while Kath, big Kathy is raising Kim and Kyle and little Kathy to be like little celebrity, like girls that are like marrying rich men and, you know, just getting their way through Hollywood, which is when Kim starts getting all those jobs, like mm-hmm. working on little house on the prairie and like a nanny show and some show the movie escape to witch mountain. So she lives her life as a child star, Miss Kim Richards, after a crazy sexual upbringing. So she starts dating now and she starts marrying Monty. You know, Monty, remember Monty? He was having cancer. So her and he passed away. He passed away. Exactly. So Monty was the heir of a supermarket franchise. Unsure which one. But I'm going to guess like Stater Brothers or something. Don't don't guess. Don't guess. Okay. So a supermarket franchise heir turned professional poker player. And he had him and Kim, him and Kim had a baby named Brooke, who we will get to. Brooke turned Brooke Wiederhorn. So they get divorced. And then Kim marries a new guy named Greg Davis. And they have two children, Whitney, Nicole Davis, and Chad. Okay, Greg Davis is the huge heir of like some petroleum company. I didn't know that Kim's ex-husbands were this successful. Mm -hmm. This is like the product of allegedly Big Kathy's raising of these girls. Like you will be marrying oil money. I wonder what their trust fund, the kids trust funds look like. Mm -hmm. we'll be back after a quick break finding ruby is the incredible true story of a 16 year old tricked by a seemingly innocent facebook message a message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den her first message to me was like hi are you looking for a job ruby is hidden from the world from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life. It's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. Yeah, I do too, especially with, like, this guy, Petroleum Air. Yeah. Okay, so then... After Greg Davis and Petroleum Air and uh, Kim broke up, she started dating a guy named John J. Collette. And they had one daughter together, which is that little one who was, um, oh, no, they didn't have any kids together. I'm sorry. So, um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
So John J. Collette was her boyfriend that she was dating. And um, he was like involved in this huge criminal scheme. Like talk about Jen Shaw. He scammy, scam, scammed over 8,000 elderly people <gasps> out of over $150 million um, by like selling partnerships and like oil and gas leases to like all these old people, which is like fucked up. Like these people like just get all their money and they want to retire and like die peacefully. And he scams them out of all this money, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, what ended up happening, how they ended up not dating anymore is that John was executed by a hitman. Whoa. He was shot twice in the back of the head while on the phone with Kim Richards. Okay. Why are we not getting these storylines? I don't know. It's like, I don't care. There was wine in your coffee cup. We all have wine in our coffee cup, Kim. Okay. Do you think Kim's coming back this season or will be a friend of, and do you think she'll start opening up about these stories? I think she should. But like, after hearing about this stuff, it's like, no fucking wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is so traumatizing. Like you're on the phone with your boyfriend He's standing in front of a deli. I'm a, I wonder what they're talking about. Like, I wonder, like, was she like, I want the turkey on rye with provolone? You know what yeah. I mean? And then he shot in the back of the head and she didn't know what was going on. Like, she was just like, huh. So she calls the deli and she's like, have you seen my boyfriend? Like, he's a nice looking guy. He was just in front of the deli. Well, she had to go ID the body at the coroner's office. That's rough so rough and after all the evidence was presented in court um they really they said listen this was a hitman like this murder was done by hitmen however no evidence of who this hitman was was ever like or who ordered the hit none of that evidence was ever brought out so to this day we don't know who wanted this strong guy dead i'm sure if we googled a little harder it would come up but I just have a problem Googling the mob, you know? Yeah. In this day and age with cybersecurity, mm. you know, and the Russians. I'm just not going to risk it. Like I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. So then she moves on and she dates and marries an aircraft supplier <laughs> named John Jackson, which is the opposite of Jack Johnson. The same. I'm assuming there's no trust fund with this child. Well, there might be because he supplies aircraft parts. Like that's kind of huge. They have the daughter named Kimberly. Now Kimberly's middle name is Colette, which I think is weird. So she named the daughter with this new guy, John, the middle name of the ex who was murdered on the phone. Oh. Do you know how they met? Cause this to me is crazy. How Kim no. and John met. So Kim And, you know, Kim's man just died. So he has all this like estate that needs to be dispersed to whoever. And apparently some guy wanted to buy a Harley Davidson from the estate. So the mother of the dead guy goes, listen, you need to call Kim because that was his girlfriend and that was her favorite motorcycle. So like, you'll have to work that out with her. Mm-hmm. He calls Kim. They fall in love. They have a kid. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. Then she had a six-year <laughs> hidden relationship with a guy named Wincats. 
oh, is that the guy that was on the the Beverly Hills? Remember when they oh. go to Hawaii? No, that guy she met in like AA. That was so dark. That was so dark. Didn't he leave? Didn't he, he leave I, early? He's like verbally abusive, allegedly. Except for, I don't know if it's alleged because I think it was on screen. Like, I yeah, think they I think actually it was don't... just straight up bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like Kim had a wild dating history. She did. And I really feel like, like everything about Kim makes sense. Like when you find yeah. out that like her mom, like really kind of like bred and groomed her to be this like child star who was marrying moguls and like having kids with all of them. And like, I'm sorry, but to be on the phone with someone who dies and then having to identify their body is like, I can't imagine anything worse. I don't I know could. why. I, I don't know why, but this Kathy, like big Kathy, mm-hmm. Kathy Hilton, Kim Richards, Kyle Richards, yeah. of it all reminds me of the movie Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver yes. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes. Where they, the mom like primes the daughter mm-hmm. to be just this like sex pot who goes after these rich men. Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. I bet wow. there's some sort of like connection there. I mean, her family's, the kids are all doing very well. So, I mean, besides Kim, because mm. we're now going to move into her troubled past. Yeah. And I say past, I mean, the last six years, really, because it yeah. really started to happen. I feel like her run-ins with the law really started to happen once she was fired from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills mm-hmm. or stopped appearing, I guess which yeah. coincides with her substance abuse issue. So on April 15th, 2015, she was arrested for trespassing, public intoxication, intoxication, resisting an officer and battery on a police officer at the Beverly Hills Hilton or Beverly Hills hotel. I don't know why I always call it the Hilton. I know it's because there's a Beverly Hills Hilton, like on the same street. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. The Beverly Hills hotel. So it's she like, was- we get it. You're a fucking city. You don't have to yeah. name everything after it. So she was removed from the polo lounge around 1.30 a.m. because she was lit. She was transported to the station to be booked. And allegedly during that time, that's when she assaulted the police officer and kicked him in the leg. So um, Luann. Very Luann. <laughs> very Luann. She was required to complete 450 hours of community service. And, you know, those charges aren't like really that. I mean, come on. I think they just had to like, I feel like they had to like give her something just because it was on. Well, the part, the part, yeah. So the trespassing, clearly they probably, this is my, obviously this Mm -hmm. is my interpretation. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that she was so drunk when she was at the Beverly Hills hotel, they told her to leave. Mm -hmm. She left and then came back because the yeah. trespassing, there had to have been some type of verbal or written communication between the hotel and her telling her she can't be there. Now, could there they have told her, like, could they have told her while she was still on the property, you're not allowed to be here, you're no longer a guest? Yeah. And then call it trespassing, or does she actually have to leave? I, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know the elements of trespassing in front of me, but. Oh my God, it's somewhere on one of these walls. <laughs> I think that I think that if they told her you're no longer welcome here, you need to leave at that yeah. point. It's a verbal command mm-hmm. to like 
get, get the, the fuck, fuck the out. Property. Have you ever been to that hotel? Yes. I actually have an interesting story. So I used Ooh. to babysit for, I've told, I've mentioned this before. I used to babysit for these like rich, rich oil tycoons. Kim's ass. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I used to be, yeah, I used to nanny for them and nanny their kids. And we went up to LA. So the owner of this property, this huge resort could pick out napkins mm-hmm. at the LA market, I guess. Oh my God. And yeah. The so I had to, market. Yeah. So I had to nanny the kids. We stayed at the Sofit- Sofitel. Oh, Sofitel. Yeah. I think the Sofitel or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. And then we went to the Beverly Hills hotel for lunch and we sat there and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Jabbar? was there. Oh and God. a bunch, a bunch of other people were there. Yeah, we sat outside and just had brunch. Okay, my brother used to work there, and oh, I so, forgot about that. Yeah, so when we got to go, like it was so fun because it felt like just so like bougie, That's... you know, like they knew us, even though it's because he was the employee. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wine opener I use all the time. Me it's the too. One you got I, me. I do have to say, I did get a wine opener at the gift store. Which it was like a $30 wine key, by the way. Like it was outrageous. <laughs> but I tell you, I keep it in my purse. Like it's the best wine key ever. Mm-hmm. Like I love it. Love, um, love, love. But their salads are they, they are so good. They cut up the lettuce and everything so little that yeah. everything fits on your fork. So little. So little. It's bougie. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, August. 12 oh my god i can't read august 2nd 2015 she's arrested for shoplifting at the san fernando valley target she shoplifts around 600 dollars worth of goods i mean okay that's not that hard at target like we've all been to target <laughs> for a roll of toilet paper and left spending 600 bucks yeah like a roll of toilet paper a side table and some tampons you're there yeah exactly you're there so i don't really know the outcome of that case but i'm sure it was probably diverted some way and she wasn't I mean, we are 600 bucks, like, I'm sorry, 600 bucks, I feel like it's so dumb. Like, it's a misdemeanor. Give the money back and let's all move on. You're okay. Drunk. So I think the next one we're about to talk about is what people remember the most is oh, yeah. Kinsley, the dog. Kinsley the was, I have to say, like, I, when he was on that show, like, I had such a special place in my heart for Kingsley. Like, do you remember in law school, my friend Liz? She was obsessed with Kingsley. Like Kingsley was the star of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills during this time. However, he had a bit of a temper. He had a bit of a temper. He bit a lot of people. So the first incident was between Kingsley and Kay Rosario. Mm -hmm. Um, She had asked the court for a million dollars worth of damages as a result of an attack. She was only awarded 8,000, which makes sense. Um, You're really not going to get much. Yeah. So, and then another incident was, this is alleged, alleged was from March, 2014. That's the same lady. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the same lady. Yeah. Yeah. Split it up weird. Sorry. Sorry. This is the same lady. Mm -hmm. So allegedly this is what happened. So Kay was staying at Kim's house. Mm -hmm. Um, She allegedly didn't know that Kim had a dog, but when she found out Kim was like, Oh, don't worry. Kingsley's so sweet. She's he's nice. Like you can pet him, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden 
Kingsley jumped up from the bed and attacked Kay, yeah. causing an injury to her hand, arms, and back. She fell backwards and was bleeding. And that's when Kim's daughter, or sorry, Kay's daughter came in and yelled at Kim and said, you know, we, we got to call 911. Yeah. And Kim's like, please, please, please don't call anyone. Let's. And as a dog owner, obviously you don't want to involve the authorities because the moment that you do that, right. they have to take a report and it turns into an incident. Did and you the dog see gets the taken photos? Away. No, I, I don't need to see the photos. It's disgusting. No, I don't. I don't need to see the photos. You don't need to see the photos. It's like, it's like seeing the photos of the McDonald's crotch lady. It's something yeah. you don't need to see. You guys Just know you, it's bad. We should do an you, episode on that. If you've never seen those photos, we had to watch it in torts. Yes. That was the best, best documentary I've ever seen. It's so good, but they show you the photos. And when people are oh. like, oh, the she lady, spilled. Was, she just spilled. It wasn't a big deal. You guys, her skin was peeling off. She had to get a skin I think it, graft. I think at one point you can see her bone or like you see. Yes, through her vagina. You could see yeah. her fucking pelvic bone. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's hot coffee. Yeah. So. Which is segue. the name of the documentary. Yeah. And I really encourage you to watch yeah. it. It's called brief, Hot Coffee. Brief segue. So then we have another incident with Kingsley and the assistant. So Paige Sanderson is Kim's former employee that was bit mm-hmm. by Kingsley on April 9th, 2016. This was at Kyle's house. Mm-hmm. And so this is alleged that the dog lunged at her, bit her, held onto her lower abdomen and crotch, tearing off her leggings and underwear and ripping off portions of her flesh. And if you look at all of these incidents, like he's biting in the same kind of region, like the hands, the back, the stomach, the crotch area. I really am uncomfortable with the ripping of the crotch. And I feel like there was a better word to use in the legal pleading. And I just have to say. Pelvic region. If I ever just get my crotch ripped off by a dog, for God's sakes, do not write that in the pleading. (laughs) Call it a cooter, call it anything else, but don't call it a crotch. Yeah. Crotches just seem itchy, like by in and of themselves, you know? An interesting part of this lawsuit is that the assistant joined Kyle into the lawsuit because Mm -hmm. it was her house. Yeah. Um, Eventually it was dismissed because kyle uh was dismissed because she had no knowledge that the dog even lived there yeah because kim was like renting the house or whatever yeah her so then goddamn have a, house so then there's the the another incident involving kingsley and a neighbor the lady sued kim for damages about 250 plus worth of damages she was only awarded 865 dollars and oh, she was awarded both of that she was oh, awarded she- yeah she was awarded a lot Oh, so she was awarded the $266,000 in damages and the eight sixty-five. dollars Yes. Wow. Yeah. The fact that this, and, and look, we are dog lovers. In dog this lovers. Family. Dog lovers. And I don't think a dog should be euthanized unless there is, there is a consistent level of aggression that means there's no other way of addressing it. And yeah. here we have three women that have already been attacked. And then the worst attack to the point of lawsuits, like lost lawsuits, stitches, medical costs. These are the dog bites we know about. Yeah, that's true. Well, so, and think how many times Kim was probably bit. Think about like, I, I have this friend who had a dog that was a biter like this, like, Mm -hmm. and you know, very sweet dog. Like when it was a one-on-one situation, like the dog was 
the best, but the second another person came in the room, she, the dog would bite, even if it was a child. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I watched the dog bite a baby on the hand, like just crazy shit. And so I'm just thinking like, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is a dog, you dogs had it. Yeah. And that's when I experienced like one of the most traumatic nights of my life. You experienced a dog. I literally experienced a dog bite like this. And I have to say like $266,000 in damage would have been nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So moving on to the most notable dog attack Mm. by Kingsley, which is sad that that's even a thing is when (laughs) Kyle's when Kyle's second daughter was attacked by Kingsley and she needed reconstructive surgery and physical therapy. Holy Cause God. this was a storyline on, mm-hmm. on Beverly Hills. It wasn't, didn't they like kind of dance around the topic? Like it wasn't really. It wasn't, it was like Kim couldn't understand why anyone was mad at her. And it was like, cause your dog ate a, a child's hand. So yeah. that's like not good. And there was the infamous quote where she said, Kim, my daughter almost lost her hand and infected the bone. Why do you think she was at Cedar Sinai for five days? How do you think I feel? Do you know that Alexi had an IV with a bag for three weeks? Three fucking weeks of an IV. Do you know how catatonic I would have to be to deal with that? Ew. Oh, so I went to high school with a girl who had got a staph infection oh my God. in her thumb. Ah! I don't, I don't remember what it was. But she, I don't know what caused it. I don't know if she went and got a manicure or something, Mm -hmm. but she had to walk around with an IV bag for weeks attached to her thumb because it was so bad because it's like the same thing where it gets infected to the bone and Kingsley was put down, right? We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Shannon Jimenez-Sassone, a former NYPD misconduct investigator, a podcaster, and a videographer. I'm Nat W. I've been a social worker for a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, We've tried in our career fields to be doers, and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Not an Arc podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. Unclear. I really couldn't research the rest of it because yeah. it's like, I just, hard. I want to think of Kingsley as a reformed man. Okay. Um, that's like saying Putin I know. be reformed. Uh, yeah. There's, it's not happening. <laughs> Sorry, Kingsley, RIP, probably. Yeah. So then moving on, just to close that portion out, just uh, of the dog bites, Mm -hmm. Kim's also dealt with some unpaid tax issues. I can't stand rich people who don't pay their taxes. It's like, pay your taxes. We do it. Yeah. We do it out of our fucking savings account. You could do it. Yeah. So she had unpaid taxes in 2013 at $52,000 in 2014. Again, she had about $66,000. Is that a billion dollars? How much is that? That's over a hundred thousand, Lauren. Yes, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) I hope I passed the bar. (laughs) 
<laughs> and she also had just to close out uh, Kim Richards lawsuits. She also had an issue with her unpaid ghost or a ghostwriter that she didn't pay. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the name is Allison Kingsley Baker. Isn't that insane? We got maybe another. Maybe it was the dog. Maybe the dog was maybe. Like actually. I yeah, need pain and suffering. This is all because of you, lady. You didn't feed me for weeks while you were strung out. And so Alex, Allison Kingsley Baker sued Kim Richards for about $10,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm really unclear what she wrote. Yeah, but... it's like, what were you ghostwriting for? Like, yeah. I don't see a memoir. I don't see a memoir. Maybe it was a it was a book that was supposed to take off. And then maybe it was her tagline. i mean 10 grand's like nothing i know yeah that's actually (laughs) you know (laughs) like i wouldn't write a book for ten thousand dollars are you kidding oh my god that's so funny (laughs) that is so funny okay so that's that's just like a little brief background on kim richards Mm -hmm. and so now we're going to move on to really what everyone i feel like is tuning into here is dare we call it burger the meat and potatoes. <laughs> the meat and potatoes. The fat burger of it all. Because this story broke recently. And I'm in shock, really. It's wild. Okay, so let's just talk about the fact that fat burger is at literally every single party Kyle Richards has ever had on TV. There's always a fat burger pop-up tent. And I've never noticed that before. Oh, it's all I noticed because she's always fucking eating cheeseburgers. And I always thought it was insane that they had those food at a white party. I just would have picked a different food item. I don't know. I don't know. I'm also just like a little weird about that. Like I would pick all white food, you know, like something cool. I don't know. And what's what what, and what would what all ice cream, snow cones, white cotton candy, ranch dressing fountains, like you know, things like that. Yeah. You know, so things like that. Uncut <laughs> jobs. <jumps. laughs> things like that. Oh my God. I talked about that in the Patreon. Oh, that was the best. So Uncut funny. jobs. So, okay. So tell us about how Fat Burger is connected to the Richards Hilton family. Yeah. So, Farah, the daughter of Kyle dated one of these people. Their last names are the Weederhorns. Okay. So mm-hmm. the, the fat burger people are the Weederhorns. So Farah dated a guy named, Ky- uh, sorry, Kyle might as well be Kyle Taylor Weederhorn. And this was like, uh, you know, five years ago, like now Farah's like married to someone else or like engaged or whatever. Well, Kim's daughter, Brooke ended up dating and marrying Taylor's twin brother, Thayer, Weederhorn. So they got married at Kathy Richards' house, which I, which is like a, um, it looked like a beach house in Mexico. Um, it was really cool. So apparently, though, Kim was so wasted at this wedding that the sober coach that she brought fucking quit in the middle of this whole trip. Yeah. So the fat butt burger truck was obviously at this big wedding between Richard's royalty and Weederhorn royalty, royalty. which is okay. such a tongue twister. Okay. So 
Kim Richards' daughter, Brooke, marries Thayer. Mm-hmm. And the dad's, so the dad of Thayer's, his name is Andrew Wiederhorn. Uh-huh. So he's this just like mogul, right? Yeah. He's the just CEO of the, yeah. Cheeseburger so he's, mogul. So he's the CEO of the company that owns Fatburger and Johnny Rockets re- restaurant chains. Mm-hmm. But interesting point here is that maybe many of us who are not privy to the Wiederhorn family would be shocked to find out that they're being investigated for these allegations of fraud. But we're here to break it down because in 2004, Andrew Wiederhorn pled guilty in the U.S. District Court in Oregon to charges of pain in a legal gratuity to an associate and filing a false tax return. I mean, you guys, he spent 15 months in federal pr- prison and had to pay a $2 million fine. And the most interesting part about this is so the company that he worked for at the time, the day he pled guilty, yeah, the company he was in charge of, its name was Fog Cutter, Fog Cutter Capital, which is so weird. Fog Cutter? Fog Cutter Capital. God, they just awarded- consult one person about that name. They awarded him $2 million in bonuses and agreed to keep paying him during his incarceration. When have you ever heard of that? That's ridiculous. And so after he was released from, so he served his time, he paid his Mm -hmm. fine. And so after he was eventually released from federal prison, he and his family go on this like majeure PR campaign Mm -hmm. to try to salvage their family's reputation. Mm -hmm. And so he goes on Undercover Boss at one of the Fatburger Burger Burger restaurants in Arizona. Mm -hmm. You know, and during it, he's saying, hey, look, like, I've always adamantly denied Mm -hmm. allegations that were brought against me. Like, I never intentionally chose, like, I never intentionally engaged in this alleged conduct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done my time. I paid the fine. And I'm just here to move on. Right. And one thing I found weird about that statement, though, is he mentioned in that statement that he was thankful for the experience. Yeah. And so the reason why we're starting off with this is because I had no idea that somebody who has been previously charged for alleged fraud can then become a CEO of another company and be a majority shareholder in that company. And people not second guess it, you know? That's like where because, I get so mad. Because in 2021, mm-hmm. did you see that the shareholders actually filed a lawsuit against him and against yes. that burger? Yeah. So, so this like kind of kicks off, I'm assuming what that the FBI's investigation. And yeah. so the lawsuit was filed against fat fat brands in Delaware by an accused Weederhorn of looting the company and bleeding it of its cash. The suit referenced loans issued to him that were later forgiven and numerous members of Weederhorn's family who were on the payroll earning, earning six figures. That's insane. So, so he just had all kinds of people like, Oh, yep. I work for fat burger. I'll make. Okay. And six figures is minimum. They're making minimum $100,000 a year. Minimum. And so Brooke's husband, I would assume is on, I mean, we'll find out later, but I'm assume is one, assuming one of those that is receiving a six figure salary. So, well, it was all six of his children, his mother, Patrick Wiederhorn's or whatever the fuck, Andrew Wiederhorn's mother, 
the household employees, his ex-wife, and others. So here's where I'll give him a little credit. So nice of you to continue caring for your ex-wife when so many don't. But also like fraud, not good. But that wasn't that. There's no proof that they were on the payroll. It's that they, the people you mentioned had access to the credit cards. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't know if they were necessarily on the payroll. Mm, Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the allegations that they're, the allegations that they're being investigated for. And I want to make that clear. No charges have been filed at this time with regard to the FBI raiding the Wiederhorn's property. And Brooke's name is not mentioned. No, this is so when we're remembering all of this, like, don't even think that Brooke's name is mentioned in this. She just lives at the house. Yeah. So the allegations are the family's being investigated into allegations of securities and wire fraud, money laundering and attempted tax evasion. So the LA Times, most of this information has been brought forward by the LA Times in their investigation, and they gained access to the affidavit that had been filed with the court. And so the affidavit states that there's probable cause that the Wiederhorns engaged in tax offenses, misrepresentation to investors, and fraud offenses relating to personal expenses that the Wiederhorns um, caused fat brand to pay. That's in- okay. So they're like, basically just sending their credit card bills to fat burger and being like, get off bitch. And do you want to get into some of the expenses that they racked up? These expenses, like give me the chills, like as a gal who's had her credit card declined at a grocery store, like this is upsetting. Yeah. Remember when we were at Costco? Um, I was just telling my sister about this cash. And I went to Costco (laughs) And we loaded up, like we were using her mom's membership and we went shopping like up and down every aisle, like loaded everything onto the conveyor belt. And then we get to like the part where the lady scans the membership and she goes, your membership's expired. And we were like, no, it's not. It's her mom's membership. Yeah. Turns out your mom canceled it. Cause she's like, nobody lives at home anymore. It's just me. We had to leave everything on the conveyor belt and walk out of Costco with our tail between our legs. And it, it, it led to a huge blowout between me and my mom. In the Costco parking lot. In the Costco parking lot. Where you've had a car stolen before. You guys. I can't believe that. Costco is a big part of your life. Costco is a huge part of our life. And ironically, we used to defend them in uh, lawsuits. Mm. And so... My mom and I on Father's Day uh-huh. decided to go to Costco to get some ribs and just, you know, like do a little grocery shopping. We were going to our family. We have French bulldogs. We were going to bring our French bulldog, bulldog tank, but it was a little too warm. So we decided tank. to leave him, leave him at home. And at the time, my mom had an F-350 mm-hmm. that was bright red with a shell on the back of it. OK, so a very distinct. It's a noticeable car. car. Yeah. yeah, it's big. And it's a big car. So when we pulled into the Costco parking lot, obviously everybody that's been to a Costco knows that the parking lot is packed. So my mom just like automatically goes to the back corner because mm-hmm. she knows we'll find a spot. We park the car, get out, go do our shopping. And then I'll never forget. We were in the shampoo aisle. 
<laughs> and I made a comment about whether or not I needed to buy the shampoo. And there was an, a man who was kind of like lingering around us. Uh-huh. And he made a comment to me about it. And then we, I was like, oh yeah, whatever. And then we took our shopping cart and walked towards the checkout. And I watched this man walk by the checkout out through the exit without buying anything. And I thought oh. that's weird. The same guy who chit-chatted about shampoo. Yes. And so then my mom and I check out. We're walking to the back of the parking lot. And do you ever park your car and you're like, wait, did I park it in this aisle? And you're going around tooting the horn, like trying to play Marco Polo. (laughs) Yeah. So my mom and I are playing Marco Polo. My mom, we're, my mom's looking for the car and then I'm looking for the car. Mm -hmm. And finally I say something to her. I was like, mom, where's the truck? And she's like, uh, (laughs) I thought you had it. (laughs) No, she said, I thought I was losing my, my mom's like, I thought my mom thought she was having like an Alzheimer moment. She's Mm. like, uh, I thought I forgot where we parked you guys car was stolen. Holy shit. We called the police and the police were like, we've been having a problem with this Costco parking lot where these trucks are being stolen there. And they, because we lived in San Diego at the time. And so they basically take. They, the guy, what the cops told us is that they watched us the moment that we got out of the car, they had somebody in the parking lot that was getting ready to steal the truck. And then that man that was inside Costco was following us to make sure that to, you were not at the car or going exactly, to exactly. Holy shit. And so they say that they just, the, these thieves, they just take the truck and they like have a shop around the corner or a shop in the area, like a chop shop. And they just park it inside and then, or they just take off and it's on its way to Mexico. How did you get all that shit home? So the Costco employees were so kind to us. They were, they took all of our groceries and they put them in the refrigerated section of the store. They came out and gave us water. We had to wait for my dad to come pick us up. Oh my God. But the reason why I brought our French bulldog up is because we almost had our dog in the car. I can you imagine? No. No, I would have murdered somebody if my pet were missing. I would literally go insane. And what people don't realize, like when your car is stolen, like they have your registration with our address on it. They Mm -hmm. had like everything you've ever left in the car. Yeah. And my mom's a runner. And so she had like her really nice running sunglasses in there. We had water bottles. We had her watch was in there, running shoes, like all of that. And it's. Yeah, they never found it. Yeah. Brazen, brazen, brazen thieves. Yeah. So speaking of brazen thieves, these (laughs) brazen thieves, these brazen thieves. Okay. Get back on track. So tell us what, like, where were they spending this money? Okay. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? (laughs) Like my nipples are hard thinking about it. $183,000 at a jewelry store. Yeah. But that's like a bracelet. But I was going to say, like, they better have gotten more than one thing. Here's the deal. I would be upset if my man spent almost 200 grand and I only got one thing. I I would be mad. I mean, maybe I'm just like a little bitch, but I really would want more than one item. Um, One. Right. It's like, here's the bobble barley. Um, Okay. $150,000 for a down payment to Rolls Royce. All this ended up getting paid back by fat brands. 
$100,000 to a divorce attorney, which makes me question. Yeah. Like, okay. And then this is the, this is the part that brings Brooke into it. They allege that Mr. Patrick Wiederhorn, with the help of Thayer Wiederhorn, Brooke I thought his name was Andrew Wiederhorn. What did I call him? Patrick. Oh, why do I keep wanting to call him Patrick? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Daddy Wiederhorn um, and, pa- and son Wiederhorn had this whole scheme going on where allegedly Daddy Wiederhorn would transfer like lots of money from his American Express card via PayPal to Thayer Wiederhorn in an effort to like get a bunch of American Express points, Points, you know, because it's like every dollar you spend, you get whatever. Allegedly, Daddy Wiederhorn funneled over $9 million through PayPal uh-huh. In American Express, like credit points. card, like yeah. through, so that he got all those credit card points. Yeah, and I think he only acquired like twenty five thousand dollars, right? I mean, whatever it is, it's like I'm sorry, but if you're able to funnel nine million dollars through PayPal, like you can afford your vacation. Yeah, and this is something that actually happens a lot. We had we knew of somebody that worked in the public sector mm-hmm. who was responsible for buying and paying or charging and booking hotels. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would use the company card or mm-hmm. the county card to buy the hotels rightfully. So, but then would use their like Hilton honor reward program to acquire the points that would accumulate from yeah. the purchases. And then they would use those points to go on vacations And that person lost their job. So yikes! just like if you're thinking about like, I'm going to outsmart the system. Like if you're, you're not outsmarting the system, you're inviting the feds to investigate you or the local police investigate you, you know? And it's like, it's just something that like, it's not worth it. You don't want to have that. Like, I'm sorry, but if a cop ever knocked on my door, I would be so mad. Like get out. No. Uh, we're not doing crimes. We're not doing times. But the fact, though, that they're, I mean, they're trying to hustle to make the money for the amount, to recoup but costs. That through he's... fucking PayPal, like, I'm sorry, but not to take a page out of Anna Delvey's book, but are you poor? Yeah. Like, what is going on? I know. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. And so the FBI tabulated the cost to be about sorry, 25,000 in fees. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were, they're calling it what is called a round trip. So it's like Mm -hmm. this corporate scheme to acquire money for like no legitimate purpose. Right. Like funnel the money from business to personal back to business, back to business so that you just benefit. Other allegations Wiederhorn's been facing are, uh, related to tax returns. And so there's this allegation that he filed a false tax return, citing discrepancies between his loan applications and what he was making versus, you know, what his actual income was. And so in a 2018 tax return, he listed his income at $403,000. In 2017, his income at $395,000. But then if you look at an application that he had applied for, for a car loan and a Mm -hmm. home that he purchased, he reported his earnings at 200,000 per month, 
Yeah, for so about it's like two point four million. He's lying and misrepresenting yeah. his income just for it to benefit him. Like on taxes, it's lower, but on loans, it's higher. It's higher, exactly. Yeah. And so I guess though he's on. He has like what three million dollars in personal taxes that he owes that he to the owes. IRS, and he's like, oh, but I'm on a payment plan. Like, don't yeah. worry. And it's like I feel like the IRS and the federal government would have had a conversation. Yeah. Before they were like, can you give us $3 million? But you know, maybe they haven't. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it so it just seems crazy. There's just like a lot of corporate greed that's happening. And he's stealing from the company to pay his, to really like provide this lavish lifestyle for his family members. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an allegation in that LA Times article that said between October of 2017 to May of 2019, he, spent about $5 million from the company. That's insane. And just to cover the cost of like the Weederhorn's credit card expenses of those people that you listed, like his employees, his, you know, his household employees, his ex-wife, his children, they're just out there swiping. They're going to restoration hardware. They're okay. let's, Let's talk about where they're spending their money because I read Dolce Gabbana. Yeah. Giorgio Armani and Restoration Hardware. And like, as a girl with no money, all I could think of is new money. Am I right? Like, come on. Like Restoration Hardware, like maybe go to Christie's and then we'll have a conversation about where your money is going. (laughs) Like, like in Restoration Hardware, like any old Joe can get that shit if they have a big enough credit card limit, you know? Yeah. Or if you're shopping at the outlets, you know? Exactly. Like chill (laughs) out. Like you're not going to the Louvre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the raid that brings us forward to the, the raid that happened in December. And this is where Thayer and Brooks house, their Beverly Grove home was raided by federal agents. And during the raid agents took phones, digital storage devices, tax documents, and other documents. The interesting thing though, is that they did not raid Andrew Wiederhorn's house. Yeah. I do find that odd. But I guess it sounds like they did do surveillance on him. They were watching his property for quite some time. They were watching him walk his dog. And so they're doing like a mass surveillance on him. Maybe they're waiting for something crazy then because it's like, I'm sorry, but like walking your dog, like let's follow him to wherever he's going. But I'm wondering though, because of Andrew Wienerhorn's past experience and running with the law, if he's using Thayer as his pawn. And so Thayer's the one who is the mass not not the mastermind but is the one who is will take the fall is going to have to take the fall for it and wow, that's, that's why dirty m- most of the information has been stored at their house or maybe Thayer is just like a little version of his daddy and you know is practicing unsafe spending unsafe spending I love that <laughs> <laughs> um, but Wiederhorn has categorically denied the a- recent allegations. He's adamant that the loans he uh, had applied for are completely legit- legitimate and were independently reviewed and approved. And he also is saying that his tax returns were prepared and approved by an independent tax professional and have been making payments under um, uh, under a agreement that he has with the IRS. And it's like, look, you may have had an independent person check it out, but that doesn't mean that you're not lying about it. Well, and it's like, okay, sure. An independent person checked it out. Great. Most of people have their, like a business person will likely have their tax returns prepared by someone else. But at the end of the day, 
you're the fucking one who signed it. So it doesn't really matter what the other person did. Like you got to review it and be like, you know, this looks weird. I think I made a little more than $200,000. And who's to say your independent tax person is not in on the scheme as well. I mean, listen, coming from family law, they're all in on the scheme, the tax returns. Everybody knows that your tax returns are filed to benefit you. Yes. In some way. So as of right now, the status of the charges remain kind of unknown. We don't know if they're the, the federal prosecutors are working on building their case and they're going to be filing charges. No idea. But right now it's in the investigatory phase. So TBD, but I really feel for theirs or Brooke and her family because she has children with this man. Yeah. And it's very like Teresa Giudice. Mm-hmm you know, where you trust your husband and his spending very Erica and Tom Girardi. Well, allegedly Um, we don't have the, we don't have her side of the story. Like maybe her and daddy O were like, you know, I'm not going to speculate here on her liability, but maybe she was in on it. Maybe she was in on it. (laughs) Okay. Let's do criminal behaviors. Do you want to go first? I'll go first because mine okay. is very, mine's very short because um, Lauren does have a dramatic reading for her criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. My criminal behavior is just, you know, living with a man, you guys can be oh. really hard. Okay. It's so hard. And something that just really sets me off is when they go into the cabinets, they eat a snack and they leave it open. You know, like if you're going to open the bag of chips, roll it back up and close it. Yeah, no, the, the, the leaving the snacks open is offensive to me because mm-hmm. it's like, I just went grocery shopping. I just spent all of this time and all of this money mm-hmm. and you are going to disrespect our snacks, our fucking snacks. This our is the one snacks. thing we have going for our household right now. Anyways, that's it. That's insane. I'm so sorry. I agree with you. Fucking close the snacks. Like it's not that hard. I keep an entire jar of chip clips on the counter. So yeah. there is no excuse. If you don't clip the chip. Yeah. Like it's just your fault. Like you have to eat stale chips. <laughs> okay. Now <sighs> moving on. Okay. So this is my criminal behavior and I'm going to say this. It starts in the month of August. Um, Blanket trigger warning, sexual assault. However, I will just say that in this experience, my criminal behavior is not only lying people, but also improper credentialing. Okay. So here's where it starts. And this is about me. This is my police report from the vet. Okay. PB House told me, that's me, that she took her two cats to the blank yesterday. She waited in the clinic room for her two cats to be seen for their allergies. At approximately 1530 hours, Dr. Vet, first of all, are you a vet and a doctor or no? Yeah. That's not med school. Yeah, but you're considered a doctor of I just feel like they should have said PV House comma ESQ then or something. You know what I mean? Like comma JD. Like if you're going to let's accolade everybody. Um, okay. Doctor entered the room alone to see her cats and close the door. 
He was able to evaluate one, but the other was too scared and she had to put it back in her carrier. Doctor asked her to get her first cat out again after she inquired about getting the cat anxiety medication. Doctor told her that he had to listen to the cat's heart due to his age. The cat is six. Okay. And this is anxiety medication that the cat has been on. Um, The cat was on the exam table and she, meaning me, was standing up next to it, the exam table, and holding the cat for the doctor. Doctor was standing next to Lauren on her left side, examining the cat, which she said was scared, but under control. And I will say, Lexi was scared, yet under control. Um, As doctor examined the cat, he kept getting closer and closer to Lauren and eventually had his right chest area pressed up against her upper arm chest area. She was unable to back away or move due to the fact that her right side of her body was pressed up against the wall and a chair was behind her legs. Lauren told me as the doctor was listening to her cat's lungs with the stethoscope, he placed his right arm around the back of her and began rubbing her lower back and right hip area above her buttocks, buttocks with his open right hand on the outside of her clothing. Ugh. She said he rubbed her lower back and right hip area in a circular motion with his hand for less than five seconds. As he did this, she told Dr. Get the fuck off of me and pushed him away from her. Doctor told her sorry and then placed his right hand on her left shoulder and squeezed approximately five times as if he was massaging her shoulder. Doctor told her they would be back with the pet's um, medication and left the room. After waiting, an unknown veterinary tech brought Lauren the medication. Lauren said, that she told the vet clinic, the vet technician, that she felt the doctor touched her inappropriately and the technician apologized. The technician told Lauren that the technician felt doctor was a very touchy person as he has touched technician on her shoulder in the past and technician thought that doctor was just trying to be friendly. It's so gross. Um, Lauren told me doctor did not say anything as he was leaning up to her or touching her back. She never made any inappropriate comments or compliments during the examination. During the visit, she, Lauren was wearing a sweatshirt and leggings. And I will say I was wearing my pink allegedly Bravo sweatshirt and black leggings with pearls on the bottom. Okay, Lauren noticed doctor looking at her chest area several times, but she thought he may have been looking at the graphic on the front of her sweatshirt. Give us a follow at allegedlybravo.com. Buy yourself a sweatshirt. Buy yourself a sweatshirt. There's so cute. Cash is wearing one right now. Lauren felt doctor pressing up against her with her chest, touching her lower right hip, and it was inappropriate and unprofessional. She believed it was intentional and that he was doing it in a sexual manner. Lauren told me he, that doctor never touched her buttocks, breast, or genital area during the incident. Lauren said she didn't notice if doctor, I'm sorry, if doctor had an erection during the visit. Lauren said she felt very uncomfortable during the incident and decided to come to the police after talking with her family. Lauren told me she was not aware of any surveillance cameras in the room. I provided Lauren with a report number and she left the lobby. Okay. okay. So if you don't notice, this is about the time I took my cat to the vet and the 
that started inappropriately rubbing my body in a corner up and down. So Cash, would you like to play the part of the doctor? I will be playing that and I will be providing a dramatic reading of his statement and his account of what occurred. Vet told me he recalled the visit with Lauren and did not touch her inappropriately. He said Lauren was in quotes, heavy set. And <laughs> I'm shook. I cannot get fucking past that. Lauren, you remember me telling you that it's like my worst nightmare being described in a police report as fat? Cash, I literally was described in a police report as That's heavy set. And, and obviously I wasn't assaulted because of my size. So he says, Lauren was heavy set. And when she was in the way, he pushed her back a little bit. He said he was not trying to grab her as the cat was running around and he went to the other side of the table. He said that Lauren never said anything during the incident and they never apologized to each other. He Why said, would the- I apologize to him? He said one of her cats was actually was acting wildly and they had to put the cat away several times without completing the exam. He said Lauren had to help him control the cat and they were bumping into each other as they were ne- next to each other. <laughs> He said he could not recall putting his hands on her. And if he did, it was an accident and not for any sexual purpose. He said, if there were any contact between them, it was incidental. And they were both trying to control the cat. I, uh, the officer asked the doctor if he ever put his arm around her or rubbed her back. And he said that he did not. Okay. So the vet then is obviously surprised as it was the first time he was hearing about these allegations. He said he never touched her in any sexual way. He said if Lauren felt it was inappropriate, he apologizes. The officer then asked the doctor if there were any surveillance cameras in the exam room. And he said there were not. He said they usually have a technician in the room to help, but they did not because they are currently short staffed. The doctor told the officer that he had been a veterinarian for approximately 10 years and was working at the location for approximately five. He said he had never had any similar allegations against him in the past. Okay. As the person who was there. I just will say when, when you assault someone, like let's not victim blame, but I guess we're never going to get over that. But if you have ever been in a situation where somebody touches you inappropriately, I encourage you to say something, even though it is truly the hardest thing you will ever do. I remember when this happened, I opened the door. Yeah, I opened the door to the room that I was in because my mom was sitting in the lobby and I was like, I'm not going to be behind a closed door with this freak. Um, I opened the door so that my mom could see in and I was told that I had to keep it closed, all this stuff. I went to the uh, the police officers. I gave, obviously gave a report and they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to press charges. Okay, so the hard thing about this stuff that is why this is my criminal behavior is I after I said I'd press charges or whatever, or I wanted to press charges, the DA reviewed the police report and said, you know, this is very he said, she said, and so we're not going to prosecute this. From a legal standpoint, I can understand the difficulty in prosecuting this case. Because it is he said, she said, and there's no like evidence. I just, after I 
gave this police report and I posted on this doctor's Yelp page, I have had like an overwhelming to me number of women who have like commented on my post. And even one woman who messaged me directly and said that she had a similar weird experience with this doctor and she didn't know what to do about it. And while it's really annoying to read that there's a, allegedly no way that this man assaulted me because I'm fat, like, I just know that, like, me giving the story and, like, telling the police this and reporting it to the board, like, while I probably won't have any justice, like, for what happened to me, like, there's a report now. And if that girl goes back, like, the girl who messaged me and said she had a weird moment with him if she goes back like this is documented and so I encourage you even though it it's so hurtful to feel like you're not believed and it's hurtful to be asked what were you wearing when this took place like are you sure he did this like did he have a boner like all this stuff like it sucks and you don't want to be like no well no he didn't have a boner and then the people are like oh well then he obviously wasn't doing it for sexual like It doesn't even matter because just getting the report out there, like will help the next person. Yeah. And I remember when you called me and told me about this incident and I encouraged you to make a police report because, and I told you from a former prosecutor's perspective, based on the allegations or based on what had occurred, it was very unlikely that charges were going to be brought against him because of the minimal amount of evidence. But it is so deeply important when these incidents occur that you create a paper trail, because mm-hmm. like you said, although you may not see any outcome or, uh, you know, this man may not be held accountable as of because of what happened with you, if he ever touches another woman, or if mm-hmm. there's another police report, all of this is documented and it is evidence that can be used against him in a trial. Mm-hmm. And it is so, so very important that we as women start documenting instances like this, because I've had a similar situation happen. And I actually deeply regret never filing a police report. Mm -hmm. My friend and I were working at a tanning salon and there was this man that came in and uh, was like very flirtatious with all of the girls and stuff. And he, I was he asked me to come into the tanning bedroom with him to show him how to operate the bed, which was not abnormal because Mm -hmm. it was like this really like technical bed. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. And when I went in there, I bent down and I was touching the machine and I looked back and he had opened up his rose robe and he was exposed and he had a boner. Oh my God. That's fucking disgusting. And I, I, our, our, my the girl I was working with her dad was a police officer and actually ironically was across the street at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And so we called him and he came over and he actually confronted the man. He was off duty. And I don't know why we never filed the police report, but I wish I did because this man, I I later found out that this man had a, a, had a habit of sitting in the parking lot and would masturbate Mm -hmm. next to women in his car. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I would have gone back and I would have filed the police report because had the police ever caught him again doing it that, been there. yeah, he would be a sexual offender, a sexual offender. Mm-hmm. He would be, have to be registered as a sex offender. Mm-hmm. 
And I carried that guilt with me. And so that's why when you told me what happened, it's so important to take it upon yourself to do this. And you can't take it personal when the officers are asking these questions because they're just trying to gather evidence. You know, it is, it is fucking hurtful just because something bad happened to you. But also cash, like you just said that like you regret not doing that and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I just want to say like, you did nothing wrong by not filing the police report. Of course it would help everybody else like after you, but that man did the bad thing. And like, a, yeah. a, attributing any blame for anything by yourself. Like, yeah, you, I think it's totally, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, you regret like not filing the police report and like helping the next mm-hmm. person, but. And this man was married with kids. I mean, and you know, what's nuts, you guys, like, this is, this is fucking crazy. Is that I don't think I realized how gross and reprehensible that behavior was really until the whole me too movement came out when people Mm -hmm. started really sharing stories of like weird incidences with men Mm -hmm. and being like yeah this happened to me and I remember my boyfriend at the time was like what yeah it was my fiance at the time was Mm -hmm. livid yeah I mean and like your George Glass oh well, and the problem with the behavior too of that vet is like he's he's touching you in areas like he's not intentionally touching your breasts or not intentionally just touching your genital area because he's just he's feeling the water. Well, and the other and thing s- is like I wasn't at the doctor; I was at the vet. Yeah, there is no point in which that person or anyone who worked there needed to touch me. I wasn't having a medical emergency. Also, the cat wasn't running around. Like, obviously the connotation with cats is that they're wild, but this cat was like, not wild. Did you see though, in the police report, how he doesn't deny touching you? He says, if I did touch her, it was an accident. And that we didn't apologize to each other. Yeah, exactly. You're right. He's giving it validation and, Mm -hmm. and, and he's recognizing, yes, that he touched I did you, it. Yeah. but he's denying that it was, it, it's an interesting thing that a lot of people do when they give confessions mm-hmm. instead of outright denying it. Cause if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Right. But instead he's just saying, Oh yeah, we may have touched. Yeah, maybe, but it wasn't to be yeah. sexual. You know, and the sad part is too, from the police officer's perspective is I bet he, he truly believed you and mm-hmm. he knew that that had happened but his hands were tied and there's like, there's, it's so it, that's a, that's, that's something I feel like that's really difficult for police officers is seeing these incidents occur and mm-hmm. there's really not a lot they can do. Well, I talked to the investigator because, mm-hmm. you know, the investigator at the DA's office, like goes over this, like, you know, this better than anyone. And then like presents it, I guess, to the DA to like, I would, I think they're recommending whether to charge it or not. Yeah. Um, so the investigator called me and she was a woman and we were talking about it and she was telling me about how hard this is to prosecute and all this stuff. And she said, like, I know this is insane. Like, this is crazy, but she's like, there's no video proof. Mm -hmm. And I said, so what do you want 
like us to do? Like, should us as women be going around wearing body cams like cops do? And she's like, I totally, totally understand what you're saying. And she's like, this is Mm -hmm. hard. It's so hard to tell you what I'm telling you. I've had cases that I've prosecuted or I've, well, I've had multiple cases where I've had to call the victim, just like what you went through Mm -hmm. and tell the victim that we can't press charges and we can't pursue charges for X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm -hmm. But I've also had to handle cases that were charged for domestic Mm -hmm. violence. And it was the husband punched the wife in the face. There were no witnesses, very minimal injuries, just slight redness. Mm -hmm. The victim has gotten up and testified. And because there's no corroborating evidence, the defendant is acquitted. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that is a very difficult part of the job. Because it's beyond, like, I can't imagine being on the giving end of it because I, I did get, I won't lie. Like I definitely pressed back on the investigator. Like, well, yeah. like what the hell, like no other, no woman walks around in a body cam. Like, so no woman will ever be able to have like an inappropriate touching in a closed room with a man ever prosecuted. Like it's because we, as a society, in terms of uh, taking that case to trial, we have become so used to seeing, or we've become like, people want to see as jurors, they want to see some type of injury. They -hmm. want to see some type of evidence. It's we've started to question and doubt people's mm-hmm. their word. It's like, and, Oh, you, you were only touched. Like, it's not that bad. Like you weren't bleeding or this or that. Well, and in this day and age of technology too, a lot of people, and a lot of times this is an issue that we've dealt with with jurors is why was, why isn't this videotaped? Like, why is this not on camera? Yeah. Why can't I see it? Like you didn't pull your phone out. So I will say though, like after this experience, I will never be alone in a room with a man without video cameraing it. I swear to God ever. And you, and you never should. And it's a, it's an interesting practice though. I, I, I know that the vet said that they were short staffed, which is hard to believe, but professionally I've never been in a situation in a room alone. I mean, unless you're, your doctor is a male, but a lot of times a nurse practitioner is always in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially like for the physical portion. Yes. But yeah, you should never always recommend and always ask to keep the door open or cracked. Yes. And the red flag was when I cracked the door and I was told not Not, to. Exactly. And 99.9% of men who are in these fields are extremely professional and not engaging this behavior. But right. I mean, obviously you don't know them, right? We don't know these people and you have to protect yourself because I'm like actually kind of feisty and like a strong person who will stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. But like, if like my grandma were in there or something, like, I just think of all the people who like, just take their sick dog to the vet, you know, or their sick cat. It's like, you're vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this guy's a fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. My criminal behavior is don't be a fucking predator. And also like, I will read you for filth on the internet. (laughs) And I will be posting this on my personal website and I won't give you guys the name. Like I'll definitely redact it. But if you live anywhere where I used to live in Southern California, don't go to a vet on Chapman Avenue. That's all I'm going to say. And we'll be back next week. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, thank you 
so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you for being on this wild, wild roller coaster of a conversation. I know. Um, that's going to be two hours long. I know. Oopsies. Sorry. Oopsies. Uh, <laughs> But don't forget, you guys, well, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Go like and subscribe our uh, podcast on Apple, iTunes. Leave us a good review. Spotify. Leave us, leave us a good review. You guys don't realize how much it means to us. It's so important. It helps promote our podcast and it helps us grow as a brand. I mean, we can go on other people's podcasts and just expand. And it's always fun to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Po- when it's positive. Nice. When it's nice. Um, don't forget to follow us at allegedly Bravo on Instagram. Don't forget to check out our website. Don't forget to buy some merch, get that Jen Shaw legal team hat. Yes. Retained by Lisa Barlow. Be one of her six attorneys. And you know, my favorite is, is that allegedly Bravo is my lawyer. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I can't believe I just did the plugs. I know. I'm so proud of you. I loved it. Wow. Okay, well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.